take your time, invest, buy once, cry once, invest in quality parts. Don't buy the cheapest parts out there. Look for brand names, like reliable brand names with good reputation. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 83 of For the Love of Guns. Thank you for joining Team Bench today as we talk to Tactical Trash Panda about gun building. Now, he's a relatively new YouTuber. He also does a live show, Talking Trash with Panda, with Angry Sarge, who was on the show last week. There's a reason why I wanted these guys back to back, and it's because as a team, they're an awesome team and they got a great show. Now, before we talk to Panda, let's pay the bills. And this episode is brought to you by Falco Holsters. Now you guys know that I absolutely love leather holsters and Falco just has some of the best quality holsters that you will see out there. What's really great is they will build a holster to your specifications. When you go to the webpage and you choose your holster, you can choose what color you want the sides, you can choose all the options to it. It's really great. But what's even better is that you will get a high quality handmade holster in about 10 days. That's right, in about 10 days, you will get your holster shipped to you. Now, the one thing I really love about them is that they can make a holster for any gun, any budget, without sacrificing quality. No matter what you do, I mean, they'll have different options to make a holster a little more affordable if you just don't have that type of money. Or if you want to go wild, you can go all the way up to hand carved. Now, I talk a lot about their leather holsters. They also have Kydex and hybrid. Um, my actual everyday carry is currently sitting in a hybrid holster that I'm carrying from them right now. Definitely go check out Falco Holsters at falcoholsters.com and use the checkout code Banshee to save yourself 10%. Now with bills paid, let's talk to Panda. Panda, tell me about your love of guns. Sure thing, guys. I'm Tactical Trash Panda. I'm a YouTuber. I got Instagram. I got two pages on Instagram now. I created one, a backup today. But uh, I've been into firearms my whole life, and I love, love the two-way world. But, so I got one question for you before we start. How well, do you fix a wrong order that you placed at Brownhouse? <laughs> they have an amazing, amazing customer service. They have this uh, guarantee forever thing where if you purchase something that you don't like, you can easily ship it right it. back to them. And yeah. And recently I just purchased the wrong color mbus 3 sites that just recently came out they were on sale and i didn't want to miss it during christmas time and i, I guess i was just quick snag that thing up and yeah. yeah so instead of getting black i ended up getting od green i didn't realize it until i got the package at home i'm, I'm opening it i'm like wait this is od green did i did they mess up or did what i mess up <laughs> i looked at my order invoice and i'm like oh shoot <laughs> So I called them up. I told them what happened. They're like, don't worry about it. They're like, you could, you have a couple of options. You could either, we'll send you a return label. You could send it back to us and we'll refund it to you. Or 
and then you can order the correct ones or if you don't want to miss the deal just put in the order now for the actual ones that you need and send us back the old ones when you get a chance and yeah it's it's funny for for everybody in the audience uh that's actually a video that just came out a couple of days uh, ago um so if you're watching this you're gonna be watching this on monday or listening to this on monday that actually happened last week but that's why i had to ask my just had to ask him because that was the video that came out and um you know we were talking a little bit offline about brownells because you know when i was in ffl i bought a lot of stuff through brownells and then even now i still buy a lot of stuff through brownells and their customer service is like unheard of i mean it is like no bs they are phenomenal over there i had um and i've had to return some stuff um i i, I bought something and then it came in i'm like this thing is just the biggest pos i called them up and it's like hey no problem they they took care of it um i had um a 308 barrel for an ar that um the indexing pin broke off the barrel don't ask me how it did Ooh. it's a long story um and you know uh gosh it was like three years ago brownells changed their whole order system around so like you know online you can see your history and it wasn't there and i i called them up and they searched they're like well when did you buy it i'm like man i don't know it was like somewhere around this date you know they they spent an hour looking through like this old system found the barrel and there's like well yeah we don't carry that barrel anymore but hey this is what you could do you know and they just gave me like options what do you want to do you know we'll give you mm -hmm. the price you paid for that barrel onto like another barrel and I, I mean they're just amazing people over there they are i mean i've been using their products for quite some time now to the point where i caught their attention and they reached out to like they were probably the first big name company that started following me and i was at a shock i was like oh my god like brown else followed me <laughs> brown hills followed me wow so long story short you know they they recruited me into the bureau of propaganda it, so so let me ask you this so what's what's the one brownells tool that you always reach for uh i, I wouldn't say a tool but the one product that i always go for is their their glock slides i mean i i love their glock slides they to me they're phenomenal for the price for aftermarket and actually since this isn't a actual live yeah I you can probably you, show you you right? can handle yep you can handle fire. yeah so so uh my everyday carry is this right here and that's a brownells 26 slide so i built this 26 and most of the parts are from brownells even the the frame they they uh we're selling polymer 80s with as a kit where you could buy the frame and one of their slides to go along with that kit. And I snagged one up a while back and I I've had multiple other builds since and that's my go-to product right there. Their slides and their barrels. 
So that's also, I haven't had a chance to play with their slides and barrels, but I've heard like also, actually it's, I, I found out about their slides and barrels from you. <laughs> um, follow, oh. <laughs> just following you and watching your stuff. That I was like, wait, I, I've been on Brownell's website and I didn't see that. <laughs> and I had to go back and check it out. Yeah, they, yeah, they just, have amazing, I, in my opinion, it's the best dependable, reliable, like, well, reliable and uh, trustworthy. Like I'm just using the same word in different, the same thing <laughs> in different words. But uh, the tolerances, the inside of milling and all that stuff, it's all to Glock standards. Plus, you you get that uh, red dot uh, cut. You know the optic cut on there. The R the R The price for it. Mm -hmm. The R M R cut. They have yeah. other. They even have other optic cuts if uh, you want to look into it. You see, but, and that's the cool thing about that because you know maybe you don't have an RMR or you don't want to run an R. Mm -hmm. You know, you want to run a red dot that's not an RMR. The only option at that point is to get a conversion, uh, mm -hmm. you know, a conversion plate to put on the slide, which now raises your red dot up, and then I mean. It works. I've yeah. I've run them on SIGs because well, you know, SIG has their standard and um I don't run their optics, but yeah, that's the cool thing about that is that hey, if you don't want to run an RMR, though they've got something else for you, which is cool. They do. They do. They have a ton of options. They don't have everything that you're looking for, but they have a ton of options. And the greatest thing is is if you don't like it, you can return it. There you go. Simple yeah. as that. So let me ask you this. How did you get into building? I mean, because, you know, it, it's so funny because when I had, you know, Angry Sarge, which we'll talk about your podcast with him, you're live with him mm -hmm. in a little bit. But, um, you know, I was, when I was talking to him and, and also you, because I met you the same night that I met him. It's like we yeah. were in like the same community, but we never like crossed paths until like one day in December. Um, how did you yeah. get into, into building? Um, so I've been at the firearms my my whole life, really. Uh, shot my first gun when I was four years old and uh, it was like love at first shot. But before then, my, you know, my dad, he used to go hunting. He wasn't really a tactical guy, but he was into hunting. So he, he, he would come home from his hunting trips and take apart his rifle, clean it all up, you know, oil it, put it back together, put it in the safe for next time. And as, as I grew older, like he's the one that got me into it. And then he created a monster where now I'm like, well, dad, I want to get this dad. I want, I want to get that. I, I want to get this. And he's like, son, 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 hold on. Don't spend all your money. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not spending my money. I just invest. Testing. <laughs> <But, laughs> as as I got older and I was started making my own money and I was at the legal age to finally start purchasing firearms. I mean, I started off slowly and uh, I would always tinker around with them. You know, I'd take them apart, look at them, tink, you know, put them back together. And I've always been a hands-on person since I was a kid, so tools and working with my hands like it's like second nature for me so when COVID hit really i think COVID was the big 
big boom in the whole 80 yeah. percenter scene like so many people got into 80 percent building it's a building yeah and that's when i started too i was like you know what i've i've got oem glocks and i've done i've swapped out parts in there to make the trigger feel better and all that stuff i'm like i already have all these magazines let me just get into polymer 80 let me give it a shot the and so i invested the money and into the tools and just to build out my first uh polymer 80 which ran flawlessly and thanks to mgb i watched a lot of his videos just yep. just to you know get an idea of all right how do i get started what do i need to do what are the first steps so he his videos at the time really helped me out so i invested all this money in tools i built this one firearm that flawlessly worked and i was like well let me buy another frame let me buy another i'm like all right i got the 19 let me get the 26 well let me get the cl that's on sale let me get you know i like this color i like that color well that's how it happened yeah. I, I started building back in back when COVID hit and we all had a little bit of free time so you did hobby. i didn't have yeah it, it was already a hobby i just took it to the next next level yeah it's funny because you're, you're talking about mgb for those in the audience who know who mgb is uh it's marine gun builder um, I was on the phone with him. Actually, you were on your way home from work. I was on the phone talking mm -hmm. to him uh, while we were texting back and forth. And then uh, I was joking around with him. I go, um, you realize that you have sold more polymer 80s than anybody in the world. Yeah. And, you know, he starts laughing. Um, I mean, he, he has. I remember um, I did my first polymer 80, I think it was probably about a year, maybe 18 months before he even started his channel. And mm -hmm. uh, there wasn't a whole lot of videos back then. So I was like, you know, I did this thing and um, that's back. It's funny. I know it's right up there. That's back when Polymer 80 used to send you an end the mill. Action. Yes. <laughs> that's the actual I Polymer think... 80 end mill that they used to send you. Um, and I showed like how to do it with the end mill. And, and I'm like, there's got to be a better way, right? And then um, his channel shows up, and I'm watching. I'm just like amazed at his videos because I'm like, "Well, hell, that's a hell of a lot easier than the way I was doing them." And then everybody's like, "Hey, uh, don't do it the way Rogue Banshee does it. Um, you know, go see MGB." And I'm like, you know, in my comments on my channel, I'm like, I "Absolutely, go see him. He's doing it right." Um, yeah. I mean, he just he just looked at it and like, "There's got to be a better way." If there is a better way to do it. He's figured it out. I mean, his brain is just wired right for that. And yeah, man, this is my this is my this is my trophy that Polymer eighty used to send you this stuff. <laughs> I, I think I have one or two of them, and that's when it, after that they stopped adding it into their kits. But used to be able to buy it. it. It used to be in the kit. Then it was like you, you could buy it, and then it's just like yeah, I would. That's not the way to build these things. Yeah. I, I think they just got rid of their inventory of what they had. And after that, they were like, yeah. All right, well, you guys don't really need this anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, now you can use a fret cutter and <laughs> cut these tabs off. 
Um, because that was the directions was, is like you use this end mill to mill the tabs off, mill out the, the dam in the front of it. And then it's like, I remember doing just, it going, this sucks. <laughs> just imagine how many people must have messed up their frames trying oh, totally. to build those back with those. Totally. I can um, because just one little slip up. Because the first one I did was uh, was a Glock 26. And um, Palmer 80 had switched the jig back then. So it used to be like Glock 26 jigs that were short. But then it was like okay. this Glock 17 jig that they did for the Glock 26. Mm -hmm. That was my first jig. And of course, you couldn't get down to get that dam cut out. And like, the, mm. you know, the chuck of the of the of my drill press was like cutting it, into the jig. And I'm like, this is a mess. I um, can only imagine. Yeah. And then people are like, oh, well, yeah, well, just. All you gotta do is just take this knife and cut this out. I'm like, well, yeah, that's a lot easier. The twenty six is a little bit more difficult than the rest of the frames, just because it it widens up on the bottom, whereas yep. the nineteen and the seventeen they're just straight wall where you just yep. so you can just zip straight through it with a Dremel or even a utility blade. And but the twenty six it just keeps widening up the lower you get but yeah i can only imagine how much of a pain that was oh man but yeah i'm, I'm glad that you know people came up and said hey there's are easier ways to do this you know there's you know now that i think about it mgb has sold more polymer 80s and dremels than anybody um dremel workstations I mean, and yeah dremel yeah. where he started doing everything with the dremel workstation I'm like okay and then you know for me um I had the first um, uh, P320 video and then cutting the slot in the back mm -hmm. of the P320. And then I remember he came out with his and he got that little Dremel workstation. I'm like, well, shit, <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> a lot easier to cut, to, to cut that out. Um, it's always funny watching the stuff that he used to come up with. It's like, what? and you look at it and go, that's so obvious. How did, how did you not, you know, how did I not see that? But, you know, all of, I feel like as builders, we all have our own way of doing things. Yeah. But we also take a little bit off of each and every one of us. You know, like, all right, this guy's doing it this way. I like that. He's doing it that way. I like that. I'm doing it my way. I also like what I'm doing. So we're here to educate. We're here to help each other out. We're here to educate one another. And that's the cool thing about this community is, like, there's no real wrong way of doing it. There are definitely easier ways of doing it. I mean, if you totally want to, if I totally wanted to make a polymer 80 and still use this end mill, I could do it. Um, yeah, it's a lot could. faster just taking a fret cutter and just cutting tabs off. Oh my God. It's just as simple as one, two, three, boom, 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 boom. Yep. You're done. <laughs> yeah. Saves you so much time. So let me ask you something. When when you build, when you when you go out and say, "Hey, I'm going to go build this gun," what goes through your mind? Is it is it, "Hey, I want this look," or is it, "Hey, I want to run this part"? Um, what it, it, do you have a picture in your mind, or do you go, you know, it, it's it's a purpose or it's an art? 
for me, it's uh, I, my builds have all had, I've built with purpose. You know, there's a lot of guys that they just build, 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 build with, you know, whatever parts they can find that maybe the most cheap, cheapest, like inexpensive parts they find, unreliable parts. And that's what causes you a lot of issues. But with me, I have purpose in mind from the get go. Okay. So when I first built my 19, that was my first one. I was like, you know what? I'm a, I'm a Gucci this thing out, but I also want <laughs> to be reliable. Cause yeah. why did I get into, I'll tell you why I got into the polymer eighties is because most people buy a Glock, an OEM Glock. First thing they do is swap out the sights, swap out the trigger springs, try yep. to swap out the trigger itself. I'm like, why am I going to spend this money just to take the parts out of it, buy, spend more money buying other parts, put it into it? It's now, to me, it wasn't worth it. I was like, I'm just going to build it the way I want it. So the 19 was duty, like carry purpose, you know, everyday carry. And then I, I ended up buying it with a threaded barrel just because I never had a threaded barrel and I wanted to have a threaded barrel. And I wasn't sure if I was ever going to get into suppressors down the line. Yeah. Or I'd never had a pistol comp either. So I decided, you know what? I'm going to go with a pistol comp and see how, how it feels compared to a regular, you know. I've had many friends that tell me, like, hey, if a comp is if a cop is going to give you just the tad more advantage, then why why not use it? There's why a not? lot of people that hate. Yeah. There's a lot of people that hate on people that have a nine millimeter cop. They're like, oh, you can't handle a, the recoil of a nine millimeter. I'm like, I can, that's but not, that's not the purpose, right? You know, that's not the I mean, purpose. Yeah, but it's. After, I mean, yeah, it's. I, 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 get, I, I, I Yeah, exactly. Like, like for me, um, I like, I, I like stock, I like stock guns when I carry. Although, that's changing. Um, a lot of a lot of thought thought mm -hmm. processes are changing. Uh, when I competed, I always competed complete stock, and then it's just like, well, these guys over there are having a little more fun than I'm having with their guns. So then now, like, um, now my USPSA gun has a red dot, and I'm sitting there going, you know, because I, I, I compete with a, um, a P320, uh, P320X5. And, um, and then it's like, well, now these comp things are looking pretty cool, right? So now I'm going to need a, yeah. a comp on the front. I haven't done that yet, but it's, it's, it's those things. You start looking at it, and, you know, it's like I never faulted anybody for doing it. I just didn't see the purpose. Now I see mm -hmm. the purpose of it. And now, like, I, I'm starting to get bit by that bug. And it's like, okay, yeah. now what I'm getting to the point of what can I do with this? You know, I, I know what it is. Now what can I do with it? Right. You right. Know, where, where can I make some changes? And it, uh, I, I completely, understand where you're coming from because for years i shot stock glock you know yep. even before i could carry them like i was at the range almost every weekend just 
shooting with a OEM stock complete, like bone to the stock, like Glock. So I know that what I'm capable of with the OEM stock Glock, the way it is, even with the cheap sights that it comes with. So I was like, all right, I have that later down the line. I, I put in a connector and spring kit to give it a crisper trigger. But then I was like, you know what? Now I want to, I want to go above and beyond and see yeah. what it's completely capable of. So I, a lot of guys like they when I feel like a lot of newer people when they get into firearms, they just want to put as much stuff on a firearm first before they learn the fundamentals. Yeah, and I mean if if you want to, but it's not going to make you a better shooter. But no, no, but if it, you already know. You know, like I, I, I like that. You know, when I was in FFL, uh, you know, selling ARs and stuff, watching people like buy their first AR, and it's like, okay, I can put this on it. I'm gonna put this on it. I'm gonna put this on it. And then you just sit there and look at their head. You know, you can see the gears. You know, you see that hamster running on that hamster wheel in their head, right? Thinking yeah. about all the stuff. And I'm sitting there. You know, I just sit back in my chair and going, dude, you're totally trying to figure out how to put a coffee maker on this thing, aren't you? You know, it's like they're just gonna put all this crap onto it. It's like awesome, man. Now you got a 20-pound gun, you know? Um, and it's, it's gonna sit in the safe or the make you a better shooter. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, none of that's gonna make you a better shooter. And but hey, no problem. Whatever you want to do, that is that's fine by me. Um yeah, I no, I, to each their own, but I also preach to them that I'm like, hey. This isn't going to make you a better shooter unless you get down the fundamentals first. Yep. Yeah. I give them that. I, I, I give them that, you know, advice because I don't want them to think that, hey, I, I spent all this money now. It's gonna, I'm going to be John Wick or something you know, or somebody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah. It's um, so. We were talking. It, I was showing you this offline. Some uh, there's been pictures of this on Instagram and stuff. So this is this 1911 that I've been building for years. <laughs> um, yeah, one day it'll finish. But when you were talking about like you know um, looks, like this was honestly this is this was a kit that I bought from Sarco. So it's like the crappiest 1911 parts ever, right? But really, I bought it because it was cheaper to buy the entire kit. For the slide, you know, it's like buying the yeah. kit and getting this slide was cheaper than going out and buying a slide. But the slide, I didn't like the looks of it, right? So, you know, mm -hmm. I rounded it off. I took a file and opened up um, the serrations there and I, I started working this thing. And then I look at it going, well, that's nice and smooth. Um, you know, I checkered the front strap of this and, um, it's so funny where when you go through when I built, you know, my first eighty percent gun was actually in nineteen eleven. I started off in nineteen elevens. Uh, I did nineteen eleven three twenty, then a then a polymer eighty. So I went like backwards to everybody else wow. does, right? Uh, I went from advanced like, to beginner. <laughs> yeah, and you know, it was funny. I was talking to someone the other day, and they're like, "Well, I want to build nineteen 1911. I'm like, "Man, you might want to start with a Glock first. 
Um, seriously, you know, go with a polymer 80 because learn the fundamentals of building. Um, mm -hmm. And then, you know, yeah, but it's a Glock. Well, then maybe stipple it, right? You know, and you get the look and, you know, don't be afraid to take, take a file to it and, you know, maybe smooth something out, whatever. Um, at least it's a lot cheaper because I made the mistake of adding up how expensive my first build was. And my first build for a 1911 was $2,300. I believe because it. Because I, I had a lot of tools to buy. Um, now it's, yeah. you know, and, you know, it's, that's it, it's, where it, it adds up. It, it yeah. Is. Um, where well, that's why I said, you know, I, I, go ahead. Go I'm ahead. sorry. I'll keep cutting you up. No, that's gonna, why I said, like, I started with a polymer 80. It's just like <laughs> easy. I don't know if we were live when we mentioned it, but I was like, well, now I got the tools and I'm not, I spent, I invested in the tools. Now I might as well just buy some more uh, more frames and start building more. <laughs> but the well, first yeah, initial build that that costs some money. It does. It does. It does. Because, like you know, I was telling you, I, my first my first nineteen eleven was twenty three hundred. Well, there's two frames sitting right there. Where it's like, okay, well, I got the tools. Well, I'm not just going to let them sit there and do nothing, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. I might as well as do something. Uh, let's start working on something else. Uh, and I've, that's the weird thing is, you know, people here, polymer, okay, it's a polymer 80 build. Okay, it's a Glock. There's only so many things you can do to a Glock. Like, no, you really, it's your imagination. It, it, you can still do a lot of stuff with a polymer 80 build. And, okay. you know, I'm, I, I, I would never crap on someone for doing a polymer 80 build because, first of all, I'm happy that they took the initiative to learn how a firearm works, right? You mm -hmm. built this, you have pride over this gun, right? You did it. There is, there is plenty of polymer 80s, but that one is yours. You did it your way. You did it. Um, and God knows what you're going to do to it next. Mm -hmm. And then, and then you're going to start building your next one, just like you. you you're like, oh, I got the stuff. I might as well build another one. Um, yeah. I mean, I've got polymer 80s. I, 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 I will tell you that there's no, there's, I've built more than one <laughs> um, because you just start doing this stuff going, okay, well, let me change this out. You know, I, I went from my first polymer 80, I told you it was that Glock 26. And I, I did that because I had a Glock 26. I'm like, okay, let me learn. And then I'm just going to take the guts from my Glock 26 and move it over to this mm -hmm. Palmer 80 because then I don't have to buy anything, but I learned. So that's how I, I narrowed that curve. But then I'm going, but I want my Glock 26 back too. So it's like, okay, well, I'll transfer all this crap over to my Glock 26. Well, now I got to put the gut. Now I need guts for that 26. And then it's like, um, you know, when I was turned 21, I went out and bought a Glock. Uh, you know, I bought a Glock 17 and that's what I ran in competition for so long. And I'm like, well, I don't have a Glock 17 anymore. Okay. Let's build a Glock 17. You know, I never had a Glock 19. Oh, it's, you just, it, it becomes, it's almost a drug, right? It really is. Now you want to collect them all. And it's funny that yeah. you mentioned that you bought, you bought a Glock on your birthday. When I first turned 21, I was like, all right, I could 
I could purchase a handgun now. I went and bought a Glock 21 just because. I was like, I'm 21 years old. I'm going to get a Glock 21. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Glock 21 on your 21st birthday. That's there, awesome. That, that's that's awesome. what it was. But yeah, yeah, I love that Glock. I mean, I, I know a lot of people hate on the 45, but I, that's one of my smoothest shooters. Yeah, and that's that's the one thing. Um, the one thing about Glocks is, um, you know, I can run the crap out of a Glock just because I competed with them for years. I mean, I don't even want to think about how many rounds went through my Glock 17 before I sold it. Um, and, and I will tell you, you know, I started shooting a GSSF. So they're all the Glock shooting. And then I can tell mm -hmm. you that that gun has been to the armorer's tent four times so that tells you i wore parts out of that gun so that tells you that's a lot of it's a lot of shooting um oh, yeah but and then you know i i, I for me i, I i've been you know I, i've been in my my daytime job for 26 years in it but i've been typing on you know i, I started learning computers in the third grade which is 1980 which i just dated myself so carpal <laughs> tunnel is a thing right and that's actually why I got out of the Glock world because the ergonomics didn't work for me. And then, um, so I, I understand why people don't like the 21, right? Because sometimes to some people, that's like holding a four by four, right? Yeah. Um, it, I mean, it is, it, it, it can be, you know, the ergonomics just might not be for you. But that's why I kind of also like the polymer 80s. Because, I mean, yes, there's only so much they can do to that grip angle because of, you know, the magazine. But, you know, they started working that grip a little bit different. Hey, we're going to do things a little bit different than Glock. And then, you know, the first time I grabbed a Polymer 80, I'm like, okay, it's Glock-ish, ish, but it's different. You know, it's the same, but different. And that's where oh, I yeah, if you grab it. And then... If you grab an OEM Glock... And put it down, and right after that, grab a polymer eighty Glock. Like it's, you'll grab that different. polymer eighty every time afterwards. You will. Yeah, but then you also yeah. have the Strike eighties when when Strike Industries had their frames going on. Yep, those things feel amazing as well. See, I missed out on that. Um, I so wanted to build one of those, and I never, I never got it, and. Um, you know, because we know, you know, we know the same people, and I know, you know, I used to drool over their builds. Going, man, I got to mm -hmm. do that. I got to do that, and then I never got a chance to do it. And I, I missed that boat because yeah. I was at a point where it, it didn't matter. I just wanted to build. If it was an eighty percent, I wanted to build it. Right? Uh, they were so fun. Because, yeah, it's so much fun because it is, you know. I'm going to do this thing, you know, uh, you know, there's, there's even 80% 1022s out there. You know, I, I even yeah. like, oh, man, I want to build an 80% 1022. The only reason why I didn't, because there was three different receivers and I could never decide which one I wanted to build off of. Um, mm -hmm. But that's the whole thing. And, you know, people are here in the news about all these, you know, all the ghost guns. I hate the word ghost gun, but you know, yeah, um, you know, I had a conversation. I had a conversation with my mom over the holiday, and we got talking about 
about that. She's like, oh, these ghost guns. I'm like, ah, mom, you know better. You know better than that. Um, and then she's like, I don't understand it. And then I started explaining, you know, I started explaining my first 1911 bill. I started explaining that one. I go, it's all about, there is no other gun out there like that because I built it. And I built it the way I want it. I modified it to my needs. I chose this. Mm -hmm. I decided on that. Um, it's all about, you know, that experience and learning and having fun. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I can get that now. I can, I can, I can, my, I can wrap my brain around that. I look at it the same way as car guys, car girls, you know, like if oh, you're yeah. into like tweaking cars, like that's where passion is. Like now you have a car that you could take pride in knowing that you put effort into it. Or let's say a carpenter that builds furniture, like custom furniture, they, they did it with their own hands. You take pride into it. And that, really, that's all it is, is a hobby and a trade. You know, if you want to, if you, anybody could go to the store and purchase something off, off the shelf. Yeah. But when you, when you put your time and effort into something, it has more meaning to you. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And, um, and that's the thing is that you've invested into that. Right. And I don't, like you and I will understand this. Some other people out there don't understand it. You also invested in a skill, right? You did. Um, I, I, I learned something new. I now have a skill. Am I going to make money off of it? Probably not. not. But when you start thinking about, you'll think about other things differently after that. You'll start thinking mm -hmm. about, oh, well, yeah, I did this. I, I built this frame and you know, I now, you know, for me with like 1911s, now, now I know I have to use a file. Now I'll understand the difference between a bastard file and a secondhand file and stuff like that and when to use them. You start learning skills that'll go somewhere else with you. You have no idea where those skills are gonna pop back up. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I think it's the same way like with guys that build AR-15s from the ground up, you know? They find it fun and they're building it the way they want it. They're piecing the puzzle together. It, to me, that's what it is. It's a yeah. puzzle that I, I want to figure out. You see, I love I love that analogy. Um, I, I totally love that analogy of it being a puzzle because it is. Um, you know, so I built ARs. Uh, you know, I started working on building ARs Gosh, 96, I think is when I started, uh, started getting interested in that stuff. And you start understanding the difference between triggers and, you know, now going into even older, you know, I'll now decide on a barrel. Now, I want mm -hmm. this barrel. Why do I want this barrel? Because, you know, it's got an oversized, um, um, God, why can't I think of the names right now? But it, you know, it's it's over, it's oversized where it goes into the receiver where I'm going to have to heat set this barrel where I'm going to have to actually heat the receiver and get that barrel in there before that receiver cools, which cools in about a second. And then now I have this perfect match between a barrel and the receiver where there's no slop, which gives me accuracy. And it, it, it's a, it totally is a puzzle. Um, yeah. 
and you you decide that's the greatest thing is your your imagination decides what the puzzle looks like it's like an artist you know they envision something and they they draw it out they paint it yeah you know? yeah so let me ask you this if someone was going to do go out and build their first polymer 80 right now what would you mm -hmm. tell them what, what advice would you give them take your time invest buy once cry once invest in quality parts don't buy the cheapest parts out there look for brand names like reliable brand names with good reputation do your research first you know build it out slowly if you have to but don't rush it like yeah that's it i mean en enjoy it parts too and enjoy it you know it's it's supposed to be fun you know it's not supposed to be frustrating just take your time learn about different parts learn who who's a reliable distributor and get it from them see that's I what this. i did i love when you're talking I love what you talk about, you know, do your research on the parts and get it. You know, I've had um, I've had some slides from a company. This company, people hate the slides, okay? And it doesn't matter whether you're buying their Glock slide or their SIG slide. People hate the slides because mm -hmm. you put it on and this thing locks up and it's locked, right? It will not cycle. And then people are like, it sucks. I'm like, no you're buying that slide for the wrong reason, right? I mean, now, first of all, a lockup on a Glock is not supposed to be tight. But what if you want a tighter lockup, right? So you learn where you're going to file, where you're going to do this, mm -hmm. because you're fitting this. And, you know, for me, starting off in the 1911s, where you're fitting every part, to me, that's where I go. Because I'm like, it's like okay, second I want to lockup. Yeah, I want a tight lockup. I want it to lock up like this. And, I, you know, I'm thinking through that. And then, um, so that, that's where I go. But I can totally see where people are frustrated about that. So do your research on it. Of, you know, if, if you're doing, that is not going to be a great slide for a beginner. Totally is not a beginner slide. Totally not even an intermediate slide. That's an advanced slide. Um, but yeah, you're going to want something that's going to be reliable because let's face it, Glock has some loose tolerances. That's why they're so they damn reliable. Um, it's just like a, like say, uh, it's like the AK of the, yeah, of the that's pistol world. Yeah. They're the AK of the pistol world. Um, they'll just, they'll go bang. They'll go bang every time. Um, doesn't yeah, matter whether will. you threw them in mud. Also, like I would also advise, you know, if this is going to be your first build, invest in OEM internals. Yeah. Then, then start customizing it because once you start tolerance stacking from one company to another company to another company, you're going to get malfunctions. But if you start from all OEM parts, everything is going to fit properly. Make sure it works with OEM parts. If it's working with OEM parts, then you start slowly converting it to yep. what you want. If it does malfunction on you, at least now you know what part caused that malfunction. 
So for those of you in the audience who don't understand what tolerance stacking is, is you can have a part that's a thousandth of an inch larger, which the gun will work. But what about if this next part is also a thousandth of an inch larger? Now you're really two thousandths of an inch. And if you understand machinery, that's huge, right? Mm -hmm. and, if, and then you have something else that's another thousandth of an inch. You may actually you know, lock all those parts up where it's not going to work or it's not going to work reliably. So, and that's where, um, you know, I just had a comment on one of my, um, my Glock disassembly and reassembly videos where this, and I've been getting a lot of these lately. Um, and it's the same question. It's like, hey, I'm putting this together and this doesn't fit right. And, I, and immediately that goes through my mind and I type in the comment is, are you dealing with a Glock or a Polymer 80? Right. And the answer is always Polymer 80. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, have you tried using a Glock parts kit? No. Go get a Glock, Glock parts kit. And then you'll hear in the comments, yeah, Glock parts kit works. You have a problem that you got to deal with. Um, you know, I, I hear the thing, uh, uh, one comment was, is I put the trigger in and the pin holes don't line up. And I'm like, Glock or a polymer? You know, oh, it's polymer. I'm like, well, you have a lot of other problems that you could have, right? And yeah, I was like, and I so and I so want to say go watch Marine Gun Builder, but unfortunately those videos are down because he used to talk about how the rear rails were on some of them were just slightly off. Yeah, everybody, if if you're into the game for a while, you know about that little crescent moon. Yep. But. Yeah. Um, and what's funny is uh, I learned that from one of his videos, and then I ran into it. Like a couple of years later, I'm like, oh, this is totally what he's talking about. And yeah. then I'm like, I, I know how to deal with this. Uh, and that's the thing is that you got to understand that these things are not perfect. Um, and that's where taking your time and understanding what's going on and asking questions, because there's a whole community out there that will help you. There is. And. What's funny is I'm going to mention this because a lot of people don't may not realize it is like we talked about fitting. You may take parts from one polymer 80 and use those in a completely different polymer 80 frame. What may work flawlessly in one frame may not work, and not work in, in the, the next. Yep. Yeah. And that's where I say, um, so we know, you know, we know some of the same people. Um, you know, they're talking about filing on these things, and then they're I'm like, hey, man, you need to build 1911. No, 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 I'm I, I'm not gonna do that. And then they'll build a P320, which you got to get used to filing on a P320 for the front mm -hmm. rail and stuff like that. Um, you're ready for a 1911. No, 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 no. Well, that person's now starting to get ready for a 1911. I'm like, you're ready, you just don't know it because <laughs> you're starting to understand all the concepts of custom fitting parts to a frame um yeah, you're ready to you're ready to graduate but just understanding that there are some slight differences and not all manufacturers are the same and not all yeah. parts from the same manufacturer are the same as the other as the other part 
from the same manufacturer. Right. I mean, even in the AR world, like I've seen uppers and lowers that mate perfectly, but then you get another upper and try to put it on that same lower and now it's completely wobbly and loose and like it, I think yeah, it's, it's all throughout the realm. And I'm pulling my AR uh, parts out. That's <laughs> where because of those loose uppers is the reason why a stupid piece of plastic like this exists. Oh yeah. Where where because you know back when tolerances were so loose, you had to basically put this wedge in the bottom of your lower just to tighten it up. Um, mm -hmm. but no, I've I've seen that too. Um what's, it, it doesn't matter what you build. Then people started realizing you could use an O-ring, a cheap little O-ring yeah. from the <laughs> hardware store. And you don't even need that wedge. <laughs> you don't even need that wedge. And and I have like Oh, crap. I think there's like seven of them in there. So it's like, I can't believe that, you know, I, I could have, you know, that's how we used to fix it back in the day. Um, so I'm starting to date myself. But yeah, now you got the O-rings. It's just like, well, damn, they're a hell of a lot cheaper than those things. You can buy a pack of and those. For, yeah. Yeah. You can just go to the hardware store, Home Depot, Lowe's, wherever. Yeah. But it, I feel like the gun world is continuously evolving over time. Sure, you have the guys that like the old stuff, but the industry and the the true two A lovers that love this as a hobby, they are not. They never stop evolving. They're learning something new every every time they put their hands on some a new firearm or disassemble something like whenever i get a chance i love to look at different manufacturers and take them apart you know look at how it's put together it yeah put it right back together because i'm just a tinker that way like i from a young age i've always liked to take tinker around <laughs> yep i was I, that kid that would well, take I, doorknobs off the door and put them back yeah. together <laughs> I, I took everything apart like uh the, it's funny because, uh, you know, my sister, I was talking to my sister uh, a couple of months ago, and she lives in Belgium, so we don't get to talk that often. But it's so funny because, she, you know, she looks at the at my YouTube channel where the, the disassembly reassembly, and she's like, I remember you as a kid taking your bike apart. She goes, the only difference between your videos now and what you used to do as a kid is your videos now, you don't have extra parts left over. <laughs> you know, I I used to joke around saying when I was a kid I could have saved Huffy millions because there were so many extra parts in their bikes that they didn't need because my bike worked. There you go. Where'd this washer kid, come that's from? That's all that matters. Know, bike works. Yeah. <laughs> so so talk a little bit about talking trash. Talking trash talking with tactical trash. panda. All right. So all right. So my page name is tactical Tra uh, trash panda that's my uh call sign eventually you know I, I started off doing lives first time i ever did a live it was with p80 ralph and that was with when we, he was still doing rate your builds and yeah for some time like i was his co-host it just 
I guess the energy connected so well that the audience loved it that we were just every week we were on. I was his co-host. We were doing rate your builds, and then I like got busy with life and kind of stepped away. I was still doing the builds and stuff. Like I was still into the two-way world, but I didn't really uh, do YouTube like that. I, I didn't understand it. I didn't want to put energy into it. Then somehow I started doing YouTube videos of my own and posting them up. And I was like, you know what? Everybody's doing lives. I need to come up with my own live, you know, just once in a while I'll do a live. And I thought about it, thought about it, talk, thought about it. I'm like talking trash with Panda. That sounds pretty catchy. And it's funny because Angry Sarge is a very good friend of mine and he is my co-host. And this was before like I had even thought about him as a co-host. Like we were just talking talking about it and he you know, Sarge is a born leader, you know, with all his military yeah. experience and years, like he he's a born leader. He's like, no, you need to do this. Like, stop second guessing yourself. Stop, you know, just, just do it. Just do it. You know, I was like, all right. I was like, uh, only in under one condition, Sarge. I was like, he was like, what? I was like, I want to have you as my first guest. <laughs> he's like, all right. <laughs> It's like, okay, just give me some time and we'll get it done. And Sarge was my first guest and then he turned into my co-host. I was like, Sarge, how would you like to be my co-host? I can't do this alone. <laughs> and we it's, we do it. it. It's tough. It is. It is. I mean, knowing how to use StreamYard and it takes time. I mean, we even have a guy on the back end that helps us out. I don't want to give his name out because he. He likes to keep to himself, but he's a ton of help. I mean, if it wasn't for him, I would be struggling still. But we work as a team, and he he finds like our, our the guests that we want to have on the show, and sometimes I'll find a guest that I want to put on the show, and we just we vibe he he knows the whole military aspect of things and purpose with yeah. law enforcement and everything i'm a hobbyist i i i, I like shooting and i'm always open-minded to learning more so and we always have something where he, he has a very open mind where he's open to hear anybody out because yeah. his mentality is well I don't care. Like I know what I know, but I don't know what I don't know. So I'm gonna hear you out regardless. Yep. So if yeah, I didn't know that, I'm gonna learn it. with him. Yeah, it is. And I learned a lot from him too. And he's just a genuinely great guy he's, to be friends with. He's an amazing person. I mean, he, he, he just talking to him. You just there is just there's something about just talking to him that he commands respect, but he doesn't ask for it. It's just, it's just there. You, you talk to him and you're like, this is, he, he is probably one of the most genuine people I have ever met. He when is. you talk to it, him exactly, exactly what's in front of you. That's him. That's him. Yeah, I, I, I was joke around with them and I'm like, you're not angry, Sarge. You're happy, Sarge. Look at this. You're doing giveaways yeah. for people and 
Yo was looking out for everybody. Yep. He's like, he's like, Angry Sarge was somebody else back in the day, but he's still in me. I'm like, all right, you're, if you say so, Angry Sarge. <laughs> no, he, one thing about it is he looks out for his community. Like if you're in his, if you're in his Discord and you show him that you you care about everybody else and that you care about his community in general, he cares about you, and he takes care of everybody. Like you don't find too many people that no. you can he's, look up to like that. He's about the team and the mission. He is. That's that's what he's about. And as long as as long as you understand that, you understand him. One hundred percent. You you've got him figured out. And he is. Yeah. He he's he's just he's just an amazing person. Um, so I, I can't very talk. humble. Yes, very, very. So we've Me, been rolling. Oh, good. Oh, I was just gonna. Crack a joke and say you just don't want to get on his bad side. <laughs> yeah, 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 you just you, don't want. Oh, you just don't want. It, it's so funny because I I think that Sarge could z go zero to bitch in about you know a millisecond if he needed to. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> Dealing with <laughs> I, the and the thing is, I don't want to find out. <laughs> he he said they gave him that nickname in the military, so I'm I can only imagine. So you were saying yeah. we've been rolling. I was just saying we've been rolling uh, about fifty-five minutes. I know you've had a long day. Um, I've had a long day, so I wanted to just kind of wrap up with a speed round with you. So do it. it's real simple. Five questions. First question: ten millimeter or three fifty-seven. Oof. Well, I mean. They both have two different purposes. I mean, if I wanted to, I, I'd say 10 millimeter in an auto. And I've always wanted a Chiapa 357 for some reason. So if <laughs> I was going to get a revolver, I'd get a 357. Yeah, 357. Revolver. There you go. So for hearing protection, muffs or plugs? Both. Depends on where you're at. You don't want to be inside the shooting inside indoor shooting range and blow out your ears. So I double up. You double up. It's funny because um, when I was a kid, that's what my sister used to do at the gun range, and I always thought that she. I always looked at her going like, I just don't get it. And then um, as an adult, I totally I understand. Uh, I totally understand and. Being a kid, you know, being a kid growing up in the 80s with the Walkman generation, um, I am so particular about hearing protection these days because of the hearing loss and all the ringing in my ears that I, I totally get that. I totally get that. The era of rock and roll. <laughs> area of rock and roll. There yeah. you go. Um, yeah. Steel or paper targets? Again, it's purpose. Uh, still, it's fun because what? you hear it. But yeah. paper, if you want to get your fundamentals down, I, if I need a zero when a, a a dot or something like that, paper first. Then when I want to have fun with it, then it's steel. You go to steel. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's see here. 
pump action shotgun or semi-auto? They're both fun. I mean, semi-auto is <laughs> way easier to use. Pump action, it requires muscle memory. Yeah. But my, I, I, I own a pump action. I don't have a semi-auto. So my my first um, my first shotgun was a uh, Remington 870 um, pump action. So there's there's just always something you know. I think I was ten when I got that. So there's just always something about a pump action to me, just because that's where I, that's where I started with shotguns. If, if once you so. get the muscle memory down, I mean, you can literally use any type of round through a pump action. Yep. It's not always going to be the same with a semi-auto. No, no, because yeah, because you I mean, you think about uh, bolt release on an AR is going to be here. Bolt release, you know, bolt release on my, um, you know, I have my father's Browning Auto Five. Speaking of shotguns, it's going to be under the trigger. You know, you've got it's going to be everywhere, right? But a pump yeah. action is always, you know, it, it's yeah. always the same motion. You don't have to worry about under gas, over gas. It's just it's nope. gonna go just boom go. and it's gonna load <laughs> just go so if you could have any firearm one firearm from history a historical firearm which one would you choose i was one of a tommy gun like like the chicago oh. typewriter that yeah if his historic uh out either all right, growing up, I was always into the old gangster scene. So I loved watching those Tommy guns just bah, 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 bah. or even a BRN will be not a BRN. Br yeah, a br a br yeah, Brownie. Yeah, the, the Brownie. Yeah. Was it a BAR? BAR. I got, I got my BRN yep. on my mind. BRN. Yeah, there we go. it's funny. As soon as you said that, I was thinking about your, your BRN 180. From Brown from yeah, Brownells, the the BAR, the Browning automatic rifle, that was a badass automatic rifle at the time. And thirty out six, 20 rounds automatic. Yeah. That's a hell of that's a hell of a power right there. But that's that is um, that is asking for some punishment on your shoulder. If you want to see what those things are capable of, just Google Bonnie and Clyde's car. <laughs> yes, the <aftermath laughs> of Bonnie and Clyde's car. So just Google that, and you'll see what it's capable of. You'll, yeah, it's funny because I had um, I had, I had a chance to go out with uh, a SWAT team one time to to arrange to go, and there that's when they, that's when I learned how to shoot full auto, and um, so we were shooting uh, MP5s, you know, and I'm like I. Mm. Had a ball, right? I'm shooting fully suppressed MP5s with a SWAT team. They're teaching me how to do, you know, how to shoot this stuff. And it's like, you know, you're sitting there at the range going, this is the greatest day of my life. And then, um, you know, we're finishing up and we're, you know, they're putting the guns back at the armor. And and uh, the one sergeant that was with me, he goes, hey, you want to have fun? And I'm like, dude, what have we been having? Yeah, you know. Civilian getting to shoot a whole day of semi-auto with a with a, with a SWAT team. I'm like, what have we been doing? He goes, Nah, that's work. Want to have fun? I'm like, Sure. He goes, All right. So we go to <laughs> while we're at the armor, pulling out two Tommy guns. 
the full auto Tommy guns, right? I was like, oh, this is this is so awesome. So I got a chance to shoot um, Tommy guns. I'm like, you know, he's handing me stick mags. I'm like, where's the drums? He goes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Swap teams don't have drums, dude. <laughs> so, yeah, I heard that. So, uh, some, some of those original drum magazines, right? They get expensive. Yeah, yeah, and these these Tommy guns, they the this this police department has had them from you know way back when, and they've just yeah. stayed in the arsenal and never got rid of them. Like, do you know how expensive these things? You know how much this gun would cost? And he's like, oh, yeah. Man. He goes, he goes. Trust me, when times got tight, we we had thought about it. We had thought about mm -hmm. it. He goes. We don't have as many as we used to, but we keep a couple just for nostalgia. And I'm just yeah, that's just, the day I learned. Tommy it's a piece of American there's, history. Yeah, there's nothing. There is nothing like shooting a Tommy gun. It, it, it was it, it was amazing. And man, you want to talk about muzzle climb? Shoot a Tommy gun. Oh, that, I've that, seen that some of these like, newer manufacturers. I think yeah. Thompson Center still was. They still started making them well back. I mean, just the semi-automatic uh, versions. Yeah, the semi-auto, and then there was um, auto ordnance. What is the auto? Or, yeah, well, that was auto ordnance would be the original, but yeah. there is another company that started making them. Um, what's funny is I just saw because um, I'm going to shot next week, and I I I saw the company's name, and I for some reason I can't think of it right now. But they, yeah, they make. They make the semi-auto Tommy guns, and um, it's just you talk about a classic piece of of firearm history right there. You, you are, but, and just yeah, think that, of that, that when it, they came out, you could buy it and have it shipped to your house. <laughs> you know, and Dick, I think when it first came out, it was only two hundred dollars, from what I remember. Yeah. I mean, two hundred dollars back then was a lot of money. Was a lot of money. Yeah, but but yeah, just you get it shipped to your door. Anybody yeah. could own a automatic firearm. Yeah, it's just normal. God, we need we need to get back to those days. Yeah. So, well, anyways, how can people find you? Well, all right, you can find me on Instagram at tactical underscore trash underscore panda, and you can find me on. Uh, Again, my new Instagram page is tactical period trash period panda. I just created that today. You can find me on uh, YouTube at tactical trash panda. No underscores, nothing. Just tactical trash panda uh, with spaces in between, of course. I feel like I'm somewhere else too right now, but I can't think of it. Those three places you could definitely find me. I also have a link tree account. Uh, Teesprings and affiliates. Uh, and, and for everybody watching or listening, for everybody watching listening, don't worry about writing this stuff down. Just go to the description. I'll have the links right there, including the link tree, because you also have your affiliate links there. So if you want to support uh, the work that Tactical Trash Panda is doing, um, use my uh, affiliate links before his. But no, definitely. <laughs> definitely. This, this is the Rogue Banshee's show. No, so I, respectfully use his affiliate all, links. 
it's all good. Um, but yeah, if you are going to go shopping, make sure you use either one of our links. Uh, make sure you support the work yeah. that's going on in here. But yeah, I will have all those links down for everybody down below so you don't have to write them down. Just click them. And if you are driving, definitely don't write this stuff down. Just come back and check the uh, descriptions. And uh, definitely go check out Panda's content there. It's uh, I, I, I always enjoy I always enjoy going out to like your Instagram and seeing stuff because um, you know there's some stuff that you do out there. It's just like I just don't have the time to do anymore, and it kind of makes me want to go back to those days when I can I can do those builds and and all that stuff. And I don't know, man. Maybe I'm just getting too damn old. Trust me, I'm just getting back into it now. Though I took a little break for like a few months just because. You know, I, first off, I got married, and after that, I was like, All "Yeah, right, that was focus. Uh, that was like a couple of months ago, wasn't it?" Yeah, it was uh, back in September, and since I got married, like, I, thank you, thank you. Uh, since I got married, my focus was just my wife and I, and just starting our future together. And but now, like now that things have kind of gotten back to normal. I'm getting back into building, back into reviews, back into the fun stuff that I was doing before. Awesome. So. Yeah, well, well, definitely enjoy the honeymoon year. Um, of I remember my, uh, let's see, I was married to my wife, got 18 months before we moved to Montana. Um, as a company I was working for uh, was going out of business. And I, you know, I told my wife, I go, let's go do something fun. And we ended up in Montana. Um, and yeah, it was that honeymoon year, that first year. It's, it's, it's amazing. Um, not saying that, you know, now, uh, 20, uh, let's see, April will be 24 years that we've been married. Um, not saying that the last 24 years have sucked or 23 years, but yeah, there's just something about the first year, man. It, Definitely enjoy it. I mean, Oh, yeah. It's funny that you mentioned Montana. I didn't even realize you were in Montana because my wife was telling me that we should go to Montana like for our honeymoon. We haven't had a honeymoon yet. Like it's just been so oh. crazy with life. Like we got married and kind of kept on going with normal life. We want to have a honeymoon. We're just thinking about different ideas, different places where we could go. Montana was one of them. She was oh, like, it looks you got it looks so beautiful during winter time. I was like, it looks beautiful all the time over there. Well, well, well. Just a reminder that um, today and here in Helena, it was eighteen degrees today. Eighteen, huh? <laughs> wow. Just remember, it it does get cold. Like uh, I did a, I, I released a video a couple of weeks ago um, that I did during the, um, like around Christmas. Uh, so was it the. Yeah, it was, I think, the week before Christmas where our highs were still in the negative numbers. So wow. uh, you not saying that you won't enjoy, but just realize it can get brutally cold up here. Um, uh, like okay, so when I pulled. Go ahead. When, when do you suggest it would be the best time to go to Montana? So we like it, it depends on what you want to do. If you want to get out hiking and stuff like that, springtime's amazing. Um, 
We, uh, if you like winter, winter is awesome. We got some great skiing here in Montana. Um, mm -hmm. But um, we usually, like when we go, uh, we do, when we go on vacations for our anniversary. So our anniversary is in April. And um, we like April because, you know, we might go to Yellowstone or Glacier. So my childhood dream was always to be a uh, park ranger down in Yellowstone. And when I was dating mm -hmm. my wife, I found out that her childhood dream was to be a park ranger in Glacier. Well, Helena is halfway between the two parks. So now you understand how we ended up in Helena. And um, we go to the parks in April. Um, the parks aren't completely open, but there's also no crowds. <laughs> so mm. um, like if you're going to go to Glacier and you want to do going to the Sun Road, Going to the Sun Road sometimes is not even open until July because of the snow wow. that they got to clear to get that thing open. Um, wow. But the rest of the park is open. Um, you know, Yellowstone, some of, the, uh, some of the park isn't open in April. I think they usually open up somewhere around May. Uh, but if you're doing the parks, uh, I say when, when they open, uh, like uh, Glacier, you want to wait a little bit later till they open. Yellowstone, they close in the wintertime, but you can mm -hmm. do, uh, it's only open to guide services. So they have like snow coaches that you can get in and they'll drive mm -hmm. around the park. Or I, I don't know if they do the snowmobiles anymore because there's been so many problems. We, we've snowmobiled through Yellowstone a couple of times. And um, uh, so even the parks in the wintertime is pretty amazing. But nah, we'll, we'll find something for you. It, it just depends on what you want to do, man. Um, there's okay. lots of stuff. Uh, there is, there's a ton to do here. Um, and I will tell you, Montanans are really friendly with you until they find out you're here longer than two weeks. <laughs> uh, then, was, then, then they look at you as a transplant, huh? <laughs> they do, and they do not like outsiders here, especially if you have a California um, license plate on your car. Uh, they will cut you out in traffic here. Um, but... We, we now have uh, uh, stickers that are showing up on cars where it literally says, do you realize the locals hate you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, so it's it just mostly during the pandemic, everybody moved to Montana and our, and our, like yeah. our housing prices skyrocketed here. But none of the, yeah. uh, none of the, uh, the salaries did. But nah, it will... If you guys want to come out here, we will totally we'll we'll we'll, we'll get you we we'll get you in the right place. And then if you just happen to be in this area, we are definitely going to the range. Hey, I appreciate that. Thank you. I'll yeah, keep man. that in mind. Yeah. So so now that your wife says that she wants to go to, go to Montana, and now you know someone here, you know you're going to um, end up here now, right? Yeah, it seems that way. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I appreciate yeah. that, Banshee. It means a lot. Yeah, uh, anytime, man. So, well, thanks so much for taking time to uh, to talk tonight. You know, we've been kind of talking about this for a while, and then, man, both of our work schedules got really weird there. I'm glad that we could finally get this one in. Most definitely. Yeah, I'm so happy. And I truly appreciate you inviting me over. And we're going to have to have you on Talking Trash with Panda next. Oh, totally, man. You, we will totally set that thing up. I have no problems going on. Um, 
because you know uh, DLD, which you you know, um, mm -hmm. uh, we jo we uh, he's been on here once. I've been on his twice. Uh, I love doing lives, even though I don't have a live show. I love doing lives, especially when it's somebody else's, because I get to sit back and relax and have a good time. Oh yeah, because everybody else is doing the work. Oh yeah, I, I believe it because yeah. right now this this has been so relaxing. I can enjoy sit back, enjoy talking. Whereas you when you're doing a live, you're like, okay, I gotta yeah. pay attention to the guests are saying, pay attention to yeah, the this, comments. This, this person made a comment, and I gotta pull this up on the screen. Yeah, it's um, yeah, lives can get get a little uh, nerve wracking, and people in the audience do not understand how much work goes into those things, and uh, it can be stressful yeah, sometimes. Hey. Yeah, just but, let me know. We'll we will set up a time, and I will totally show up. And because I, 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 as like I said, I love doing lives, especially when there's somebody else's, and I get to sit back and relax. Because because I can yeah. enjoy, I can I can engage with the audience better and all that stuff, and I just have fun. And yeah, sometimes sometimes when I get relaxed, it gets uh, so sometimes conversations go into interesting places. Mm -hmm. Oh, I believe it. I've been there before. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we. Uh, I joke around with DLD because you know it's DLD after dark. But when I get on his mm. show, it's more like DLD all night. You know, DLD all nighter because uh, the first time I was on his show, we went, we went three hours when I was on there uh, the first time. When I went on there the second time, I go, all right, dude, we get we got to like cut this thing off in like an hour and a half, and then we went like yeah. two and a half hours. <laughs> It always works out like that. Like even even with our show, like I'm like all right, let's try to keep it at the hour mark. Goes to hour yeah. fifteen sometimes, even at hour thirty. But I'm like, no longer than an hour thirty. <laughs> yeah, and, and then you just get talking forever. So, yeah, man, we will we will totally get that set up. And then, uh, like I said, everybody in the audience, make sure you check out Tactical Trash Panda. I'll have all those links down below. And uh, Panda Man, thank you so much for coming on tonight. Uh, thank you for having me. And to the audience, thank you for watching tonight and getting to know me. Hope to see you all. Now, Tactical Trash Panda is a really great guy. I enjoy talking to him. Uh, we're on a meeting for an organization the two of us belong to, and we talk almost every week. And um, I just really love having conversations with him because he gets it. He understands exactly why you'd want to build a firearm, build your own firearm. And I love doing that myself because it's just, well, it's fun. I mean, you want to talk about an ego boost, go to a range and shoot a firearm that you built and customized yourself. People are going to talk and he definitely gets that. And he belongs to a much bigger community than most people even realize is out there. Now, I felt really bad talking to him because we really did kind of shoehorn that interview in. Uh, we got started late because uh, we were both getting off kind of work late. I had a phone call right before. And then um, it was getting late and I had some things to do around the house because I'm getting ready for SHOT Show. And um, I feel bad because, you know, I love talking in the before and the after. I mean... You know, an hour, I think that podcast we recorded for about an hour and 15 minutes, it can easily be twice that with the before and after chats because we just catch up. You know, the guest and I talk about some other things that 
we just don't talk about on air or we're catching up and BSing. And I felt really bad of cutting that short, but we got a really good podcast out of that. So make sure you check out Tackle Panda's content because he's got some good stuff over there and you want to start learning gun building and doing some modifications. Definitely, definitely, he's got the stuff you want to look at. Now, speaking of other stuff you want to look at, I've got some content for you right over there. Make sure you go check that stuff out because I've got great content that I developed just for the audience. And of course, I'm pointing over there. The guys on the audio side have no idea what I'm talking about, but on YouTube, it's right there. Thanks for listening. Hope you're staying safe out there and look forward to talking to you again soon.